this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach us that way as well. Either way works for us, just get a hold of us. And if you want more of The Confessionals on a weekly basis, every Thursday we release a bonus episode to members only to the website. So if you want more of The Confessionals and you want to hear all previous member episodes and all future member episodes, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Now, today we got a great show planned for you. We have Samantha coming on the show. And Samantha, when she was 17, moved into a house with her mom that it all started out with some weird feelings and it progressed from there to the point where they saw things happen and anybody who came into the house had experiences. And before we get into it, Sam, I want to remind everybody we're still doing the raffle this Friday night on Instagram Live. We're going live with the raffle for this awesome 16-inch plaque that House Wolf Project made of the show's logo. It's really cool, and we're going to go live on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to raffle off this awesome logo plaque. All you have to do to qualify to be in the raffle is be a member to theconfessionalspodcast.com and follow House Wolf Projects on Facebook or Instagram and shoot me a screenshot of you following them, and I will put you in the raffle for this awesome plaque. It's awesome, guys. I hope you guys enjoy it. Whoever gets this, you're going to love it. I'm telling you, because I have it right here in my studio, a 20-inch plaque, and it is fantastic. So let's get to Sam right now. All right, today we have Samantha on the show. And Samantha, how are you? 
I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. So you're out there in Oregon and uh, you've had some paranormal experiences in your life. And I think it seems to have started around when you were 17 and you moved into this new home. So if you could just kind of walk us into the situation of this new home you moved into and what were some of the things that started happening to you? Okay. Um, so yeah, when I was 17, my mom and I had to move to a new place. Um, by this time my parents were separated and my two sisters were with my dad. So it was just me and my mom and we went and we looked at all these places and I found this place. Like it was weird because it was on a dirt or a dirt and gravel road, like a dead end and everything else in town was paved. But like, I don't know, that was like, that stood out to me. And I was like, you know what? We should check this out, mom. So we found it, we applied for it, got it, and we started moving in. And I chose to take the upstairs bedroom. And it was like, I don't know, it just felt like really heavy and like almost made you feel claustrophobic. And it was a big room and it was, I don't know, it was like really weird feeling. I don't know how to explain it. And um, so I just, figured I'd get over it, you know, and we've been living there for, I don't know, like a month or so. And then I just started feeling watched like the downstairs of the house, like nothing felt wrong with it. Nothing felt weird. You know, everything seemed fine, but in my room, I felt watched. I felt like I've had this heavy air, like squeezing me. It was like the I don't know how to explain it. Um, and my best friend, like, she didn't like going up there, but that's where my hangout place was. And she'd always mention it, like, hey, there's something, something's not right with your room. Like, just not right. And, like, we couldn't, we couldn't figure out what it was. We'd open the windows, we'd open the bedroom door, we'd turn on a fan, we'd turn on music. We would just try to like fill the silence, but then also get airflow kind of just, I don't know, like we were 17. We don't know what to do. And, um, no matter what we did, nothing changed it. Like it was just always weird. And then as like we're moving stuff around, like I'm redecorating my room, trying to make it mine. And instead of it just being stuff there to be temporarily, cause I didn't know if I was moving out after I graduated or not. Um, we started like moving stuff around and like, there's this one corner in the room and it's like had my tiny little closet door. And then it had like one of those, I don't know. It was like a tiny, tiny closet, like a cubby. And it, I don't know, the door is probably like two and a half feet tall by like a foot and a half wide. And that corner just always felt like something was there. Like even when you're sitting down, you just feel like somebody's in that corner just staring you down. Like no matter what we put in that corner or whatever, like it just felt like something was over there I don't know how to explain it like I know 
I listened to another one of your interviews and a guy like was explaining the bedroom he was in, like having a tiny little cubby hole. Like it's almost as if something's like attracted to those little cubby holes. I don't know why. Um, yeah, it was like, that was like the, and I'm trying to go as chronological as possible. So that's like leading into like the paranormal experiences. And it was just like this, the only thing that was going on was it felt weird. Felt like you're being watched. So come close to Halloween, my friend, my best friend and I like went out to a graveyard. So we went out like two times, I think. The first time was like a week before Halloween. And um, so where we live is like they homesteaded coming off of the Oregon Trail. So it's like there's a lot of old homesteads and graveyards and just stuff from back in the day out there outside of town and kind of some places in town. Well, this graveyard was probably like five, seven miles outside of town. And we just like to drive the back roads because the town we lived in was like 13,000 people. It was small. Like pretty much the only thing we had to do was a bowling alley or drive like to one of the next towns over. So we just drove around and she had previously come up on this graveyard and it was like out in the middle of nowhere right next to like a house but it was like on a large size lot like at least a few acres but it was like this lone little gravel driveway that just like had no indication and it was like next to a big grove of trees and I was like how did you find this and she's like oh so and so showed me and you know, so I thought we'd check it out. So we went out there and we did it at nighttime. And like the first time we went out there, like nothing really weird happened except for it sounded like a car was coming up the gravel driveway, but there was no headlights at all. And then it would just like stop and then we would hear it again. And we're like, okay, whatever. So we left and then we came back on Halloween night. And I know it's like super cliche. Like it's so, I don't know. It just sounds like it's some cheesy movie ripoff. Um, but we went out there and before we went out there, like we'd, you know, put, um, this is before iPods and everything. So we had like a CD player and like we had it hooked up, you know, to the radio. And that's how we listen to our music rock then, because 2004 seems ancient now, but whatever. Um, put batteries in the rate in the stereo or the CD player, and I put in a mix CD that I made, and it was Tool and a Perfect Circle, and that just like this. That's important. So we drive out there and the stereo's going and all of a sudden, like we pull up into the graveyard and we park and all of us, and we're just sitting there with the radio still going and deciding what we're going to do. And it just stops like as if the batteries died, it just stops done. 
game over. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So we get out and we go inside of the graveyard and there's like a little bench along the fence and we sit down and we start talking about like what happened the last time we were out there and if if things could be going on. Like we were speculating and all of a sudden like this weird dense fog started rolling in. And here where I am in Oregon, like fog's super common, especially this time of year. But it was like denser than usual for October. It was just super dense and it started creeping in and then it just stopped. And we're like, okay, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like after a few minutes of us talking, it just started going back from whence it came if that makes sense. Like it just yeah. reversed. It was like, I don't know. It didn't even feel like the winds shifted at all, but it just went back and we're like, okay, you know, and we're talking and talking. And then we hear like snickering, like not laughing, but like a snickering, like it sounded like two or three little voices, almost like, kids but not like tiny kids maybe you know like eight nine ten eleven like it had that mid-range voice we could hear them snickering from like over by the trees and we're starting to get freaked out and it just i don't know like it we just kept on hearing them they just it would not stop like no matter what we like started talking about or if like we moved to the other bench on the other side of the gate, like we could still hear like snickering as if like something's watching us and laughing at us, but not a nice laugh. And the whole time, like we were there, we were hearing it and we started hearing like the car tires on the gravel coming up the drive again but we would see no headlights and we couldn't see a car. Like we took a flashlight this time and flashed it down the gravel. Like we went to investigate nothing. Then we sat back down and we were just talking and I had like this plastic because it rains here in Oregon. We have like little chair covers that we'd like to take places with us just in case it starts to rain and I, so I was setting on that because I didn't want my pants to get dirty. And I look over and could, like, cause I felt like I was being touched, like leaned up against, but I know there's nothing there. So I look over to try to figure out what's touching me. And I see like this butt print, like it's clear as day, butt print in the plastic next to me. And I was like, okay, you know what? We're going. We're done. We're no more. No mas. Can't do this. So we packed up the car and we leave. So while we're driving, I like put in fresh batteries into the little CD player. And it's still like my CD still wouldn't play. Like it would not come on. Like nothing. Couldn't figure out, okay, you know, what the hell? Like new batteries we literally bought them from the store before we left go gallivanting 
gallivanting like for the day and we get like closer to town and all of a sudden like it just blares on just scared the crap out of us and it was like the it was full volume like the her stereo like deck it like installed in her car was like volume blared the cd player had the volume blared it was just not how we had it to begin with but it was just randomly out of nowhere like just started so we just decided to get out of there like as fast as we could within following speed limits get back into town and we decided like you know what let's keep driving and so I was talking to my friend about this a few weeks ago and she reminded me about this um so we went out on the opposite side of town driving in the back roads and there's this like super tall steep hill and we were like you know what let's go up to the top and look over town and you know just hang out there because nobody wants to go back home like at eight o'clock on Halloween night I mean come on now so we go up there and on our way down we were talking about how there was a car accident a few years before on that hill and all of a sudden like my friend's brakes stopped working like she they were there and they weren't like and you can tell when your brakes are starting to go out like you can feel like the pressure like going away on the brakes and you can just feel them starting to grab and everything no it was just like they were gone and we get to the bottom of the hill where it intersects with the road and we just stop in the middle of the road like we should have kept going but it just stopped well we decided that's it. We're done. Like too much freaky stuff has happened for the night. We're done. Go home. And, um, that's where it leads into all the other stuff going on at my house. Um, and if you have any questions, go ahead and ask me. I know that I'm just like, keep going. No, you can definitely keep going. I mean, you're doing a great job and stuff. I, I, I think the graveyard might actually hold uh, a key to the experiences at the house. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, okay. That's what I thought when I really started thinking about it, because later on, like fast forward to the future when my husband and I like first started dating. And I think it was before we got married that we had the conversation. Everything just made sense. Um, so after that, after the graveyard and going up the big hill, um, but yeah, things started just getting really ramped up at um, my house. So within the next few weeks, um, my friend started feeling touched all the time in my bedroom. Like, we would be like sitting on the bed watching TV or listening to music or, you know, maybe doing her makeup to go out. And she would always feel touched. Like it was like their 
brushing the back of her hair. She always wore her hair down. And it just like, the way she described it, it was like they started like at the top of her head and just like rubbed her hair and then down her back, like, but with like fingertips. That's, she explained the sensation of being like fingertips. Like, no, dude, you're just, you're just imagining stuff. Like, I know my room's weird, but you're like, you're just imagining it. And then one night we were going to sleep and we shared my bed and it was like a full size mattress. And like, we have, have like, I don't know. We have like a few blankets with us and a few pillows and it was just us. And all of a sudden she makes like, a joke like in a flirty voice like "Ooh, babe like I didn't know you were into girls like I was like what what are you talking about and she's like I felt you grow up in my butt you don't have to be shy like I don't have a problem you know if you like girls just you know I'm like what are you high like no like what are you talking about and she's <laughs> like you did not just grope my butt I'm like no, why would I? My hands are over here, bro. Like, I can't grope your butt from that angle. I'm sorry. Not happening anyway. And she just, like, sat straight up. And she's like, something groped me. Like, I felt like it was, like, kind of like you cuddling up to me and a butt grab. I'm like, all right, something's going on. Like, I, I believe you. You're adamant. Like okay, like I'm, I'm starting to wake up here. And so for the next few weeks, like she would just continuously be touched, be groped, or we're going to sleep and she'd be like, something's cuddling up behind me. Like they're the big spoon, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Do you have need to go home? We can take you home. She's like, no, I'm okay. I'll be fine. Well, then I don't know how long after that I was in my bed by myself. Nobody had stayed the night. I don't even think anybody had come over to visit me that day. And um, I'll explain this first. So on my window, I had like a sheet and blanket over my window because I did not like the morning sun. I was a typical teenager. I liked to sleep in. I didn't like feeling like a vampire because... I'm melting in the sun or whatever. And across from my bed, I have my entertainment center with my TV, my PlayStation, my VCR, everything like all hooked up with their on lights on and the time and everything. So I was like laying in bed and I just felt like something negative was there. Like I just felt like I was, I was about to have a panic attack. Like I just felt like everything around me just changed. Like it, the airflow just seemed to like stop the air got like changed in temperature. It got a little bit cooler, but not like super cold or anything. And I just felt like someone was there next to me. Like you can feel somebody next to you. And so I like open my eyes and I lift up my head and there's this figure, a dark figure 
standing at the foot of my bed. And my room's like pretty dark. I'm like the only light that you can see is coming from my electronics. I couldn't even see through the dark figure, like the like lights on my electronics. Like you could not see them. And I was like, what? And I kind of look and you can see the shape of a person, but you can't see the person. It's like a solid black. I wouldn't even call it a mass. It didn't even look like it had a mass. It was like a shadow. And I laid back down and I put my blanket over my head. And that was the first time I had voluntarily, on my own volition, prayed to God since I was like a preteen. Like I prayed to God, please make it go away, take it away. I, I, anything that could pop into my head. And I just started like, I'm sorry I did this. And I'm sorry I went to the, the graveyard. Like, please make it go away. Like I, I prayed for like 10 minutes. And then finally I sheepishly like looked from underneath my blanket and it's gone. But I stayed awake the whole night. Like, I did not sleep after that. It was just terrifying. I believed my friend, and I felt the weirdness in my bedroom for the most part. But I never experienced anything. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. I, I didn't know. It was just beyond me so after the black figure at the foot of my bed shadows started appearing in the weird corner like even all times of the day you would see it out of the corner of your eye but then you look over there and it's not there it the weird corner like decided to show me something I don't know it was something was over there but you can never catch it you can never see it fully it would just be a fleeting moment where it was there not there well um after that started happening like the shadow and then the figure my the stairwell that led upstairs, the light started, like, if you talked about anything weird happening, the light would turn off if the light was on. Usually it was on because it was a dark stairwell. And I know, like, it's an old house. I looked it up, and it was built in 1941. So it's like, yeah, you could have bad wiring, but... It just seemed oddly convenient that it started acting up when it got brought up like something weird was going on in my room. And my house was like the hangout house of like one of my groups of friends. Like I floated between groups of people for the longest time. And this one group of friends, one of them lived not far from me, like a 10, 15 minute walk. And so everybody congregated in my house. And so everybody started talking about it. Everybody just 
new and it was like Sam's house is haunted. Sam has weird stuff going on. You get groped at Sam's house, so you better not go over there. Just what you um, want them to tell everybody. Right, exactly. And like most of my friends were guys. Like it started, you know, like I had my best guy friend and then he'd bring his other friends that were mutual friends, like or eventually became mutual friends. And um yeah, that was like the talk. Like if any girls came over, you're going to get groped over there. But so my, my best guy friend, his girlfriend and I like started hanging out and he started telling her all that stuff. And she was like hanging out one day and we're sitting in my bedroom floor and she's like, is it true? You know, asking about like all this stuff. And then the hallway, or I shouldn't say hallway, the stairwell light started, it flicked off. And I was like, okay, yeah, yep, it's true, as you can see, you know, and I'd go mess with the light and it wouldn't work and then it'd come back on. And, like, I have to go through everything that, you know, goes on. And eventually she's like, yeah, I'm not coming over here anymore. She didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> not at that all. That sucks. Um, but this leads to like, so then we started hearing footsteps coming from my room. If we were like downstairs, like we would be downstairs and talking with my mom or whatever. And, um, you could hear heavy footsteps, like walking around my bedroom and like, no, it's just house settling, you know, and, um, then my mom started experiencing like this whole time, like my mom didn't experience anything. She just thought we were crazy or, you know, you guys need to get out of the house more, you know, quit watching scary shows, whatever. Um, then she started hearing the footsteps. Like one time she and her, our family friend, and he was living with us, like they got into like a like a play fight where he like kind of like walked past her and like kind of nudged her. And she's like, Oh yeah, I don't want to be like that. And like, they got in this like play fight. And my mom like headlocked him just like they were playing. And he's like, help referee, referee. And my mom's like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, Samantha's upstairs. You can hear the footsteps and they like stopped and, yeah, you, apparently you could hear footsteps. And so she's like, hey, come down here. Like, we need your help, man. Nothing, like, nothing. And, like, about 15 minutes later, uh, and they told me this estimation of time, me and my friends, like, walk in the house. Like, we'd gone to the store or something. And she's like, where have you been? I'm like, went to the store or whatever. And she's like, dude, I thought you were upstairs. I'm like, no, I've been gone for like an hour. What are you talking about? I thought she was just like messing with me. Like, I don't know. I just felt like she was just trying to get a rise out of me. Well, then it happened again where my best friend and was at my house. Like she showed up randomly and I wasn't home and they were talking about it. And then 
like the footsteps because they could hear them. And she's like, no, she must be home. Like, do you not hear that? So she calls my, calls my phone, my cell phone, my, you know, where you pay by the minute or, you know, go load $50 onto your card at, or your phone at a time. And I tell her, I'm like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the next town over. I'll be back in like 45 minutes or so. She's like, okay, yep. I hear the footsteps. They're not lying. I'm leaving. And she never went back to my house without me being there. Like after that, she just had enough. And I mean, she'd come over and hang out, but not without me. She just did not show up on her own anymore. And, um, yeah. So, um, the last thing that has to do with that house, uh, my friend and her boyfriend lived in another town over and she decided to come over and visit because she was moving with her boyfriend and, uh, she wanted to say goodbye. And I never met her boyfriend, like, ever. This was new to me. And she calls me. I was like, okay, well, call me when you get to this certain place, and I'll give you directions. And that way you can get to my house, no problem. And she calls me. And the whole time she's driving down my little gravel road, I can hear her boyfriend say, fuck this shit, turn around. Like yelling at them like let me out of the car i'm not going i'm not going I'm like dude your boyfriend's messed up like i don't even know him and he, like why is he talking to you like that and she gets to my house and they sit out in their truck for a little while and then she comes in and her boyfriend just stays out there just will not come in will not step foot i'm like what is your boyfriend's problem like i'm starting to get mad I was like, I felt offended. I felt like it had to do with me. And then I got mad that he was talking to her like that. And she's like, so he says this house is haunted and he's not coming in. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? She's like, his sister used to live here. And he lived with her, his sister for a while, like two or three years. And he says it's haunted and he, he's not coming in. I'm like no like are you kidding me so I go out there and I talk to him and he tells me like all the weird stuff that happened to him like in this house and it's like almost verbatim what like I was experiencing but the weird thing is like it didn't happen at first like when I first moved in and they lived there like four or five years before I did. And I just, I didn't know what to make of it. I, I apologized to him and like, we had a nice long conversation and it was like, that was like the worst part about it is like hearing that I wasn't crazy and that it was all real. Like it, like, cause I was trying to convince myself, like, Maybe this is all just hysteria and, you know, group hysteria feeding off of one another. Um, 
but I, you know, definitely, yeah. Um, so not long after that, it was, I don't know, it was about a year after we went to the graveyard. My friend, my best friend still had my tool in a perfect circle CD. And she pretty much said that's hers. That was like the one thing she listened to all the time. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, she got in a car accident and it, this always stuck with me. And the only reason I add this is because of what I'll mention about my conversation with my husband. Um, it was playing a song and the lyric said, Jesus open up my eyes. And she said, that's the last thing she really remembered, you know, as she rolled her car and that always stuck with me. Like, and it affected me. Like she wasn't injured and she came out fine and her car actually came out pretty fine. Like she was able to drive it a little bit afterwards. That always stuck with me. And I don't know, like it was just weird. So flash forward to, I don't know, like 2012 when I'm dating my husband and we're having a conversation about music and all that stuff and who are some of the greatest musicians of this, this, and this. And we got on to the conversation of Tool. We're both really big Tool fans, like really love their music. And he's like, yeah, but one of the members is into some real satanic crap. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, like Aleister Crowley, like Jimmy Page type of crap. I'm like, what? Whatever. You're just, you're being a fear monger. So I go and I go to look it up. And on the their website, it talks about how one of their members like is into sacred geometry and using that to like have like spiritual experiences. But then it also mentions that he has summoned a demon and he has it contained and it's been telling parables like nonstop since he contained it, like from this book. I can't remember what it's called. And it just made everything, like, make so much sense. Like, how everything, like, the radio freaking out at the graveyard, the weird stuff at the graveyard, then the weird stuff at my house, and then my friend's car accident. Like, it just, it just made sense. A perfect circle. Yeah, exactly. But like we were <laughs> like that's what we listened to was Tool and a lot of a perfect circle at the time, like because they started getting a little bit bigger and more popular, which is, you know, Maynard's, you know, one of his projects other than Tool. So it just it was just really crazy. It just made everything make so much sense. And so I went onto the web page to get like the information more correct about, you know, the summoning the demon thing. 
And it's not, I couldn't find it on the website, but they just redid their website like a month or two ago. But it's still referenced on the Wikipedia page for the member of the band. And so I'm not making it up. You can go look it up on Wikipedia. It's there. Um, But it just made everything made so much more sense. It just, I feel like us listening to that music and probably the location we did it, I feel like it probably opened up some kind of portal or communication saying like, Hey, we're interested. And then hearing about how, you know, like their music is written, especially from the one member, like sacred geometry and all that stuff. Like, yeah, it just, I feel like it's tied to that. So knowing what you know about the group and the one person in the band, does that prevent you from listening to their music now? Uh, yeah. And they just had a new album come out yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'd really love to listen to that. Cause I do. I love, I love their music, but at the same time, like once that all like clicked, I, I don't want to, I'm scared. Like, and I know I shouldn't be scared, but it's a literal fear. Like I, I don't know why, like, I don't want to mess around with that. Like they'd put, my husband's like, yeah, they put all their music on streaming at the beginning of the month. I'm like, as much as I would love to just jam out, I'm no, I can't like, it's it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of afraid. I can understand that. And uh, the reason why I ask you that is because it's more of a personal question for me, because I have a really hard time not listening to music that I think is good, even though maybe I find out that maybe possibly, probably the artist is in some shady stuff. Like I'll use the example of, uh, I think it was way in the beginning of the show, episode 11, I think it was, uh, I had a, a guy come on, his name was Cody, and he was having these experiences and he started tying it all together to the band that he was heavily, heavily invested in. He had a, their, their, their the post- one with the poster. Yeah. It's a slipknot poster. And yeah. And so like Cody says that he threw the slipknot poster out. He stopped listening to the band and things got better. And that was, you know, what, two and a half years ago when I talked to him. And at that time I had never heard that about slipknot, but I really, really like slipknot. Like it's one of my favorite bands and that's who, and and I listened to them a lot, like in high school, like my senior year, like around the same time, like I was really into that kind of music, like the heavy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly of bands like metal bands. It's probably my favorite metal band ever. I like really, really enjoy their music and at first when I talked to him, I was like, man, like, if that's true, like, should I listen to this music anymore? And over time, I found myself still going back to listening to their music. And, you know, I I don't personally, for me, I haven't had any effects in my life negatively. At least I don't think I have. Um, maybe somebody from the outside looking in be like, no, dude, you changed. But I mean, I've always listened to their music before. And uh, it, it just for me, like, I have a hard time saying no to music when I really, really like, if it's like, if somebody comes along and says, I don't know, 
um, the Backstreet Boys were satanic. Okay, cool. Like, I'm not gonna care, you know. It's like fine. Yeah. I'm not gonna listen to them. But uh, it, it's hard for me to like, especially when I really like the band, to you know turn it off. Uh, I would say that there is one artist that I really, really, really like, but I had high suspicions that the person was involved in uh, pedophilia. And uh, that's Michael Jackson. Uh, throughout his mm-hmm. his life, his, he's been accused of it on and off. And so when there's smoke, there's usually fire. And then the documentary that came out after he's dead. So, I mean, part of you can say, well, the guy's not here to defend himself. And that's, I've seen many people make that argument for that documentary that came out. I think it's called Finding Neverland. Uh, but after I watched yeah. that, I was just like, you know, I don't think I want to listen to his music anymore, even though I love Michael Jackson's music and I absolutely could listen to it for an entire day straight, nothing but Michael Jackson. I, I, I was able to turn it off. And so I don't know what it is about the idea of pedophilia over everything else, but it's one thing that just gets me. And I'm just like, I can't go there. Like if, cause I, I, in my heart, in my mind, I look at him and I'm like, I personally feel like he probably was involved in some type of pedophilia. And uh, and if that's how I feel inside, I just I just can't listen to the music, even though it's great. Like his music's phenomenal, but I just can't go there. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard because I'm like really into Led Zeppelin and I was a, a lead head in high school. And so like knowing about Jimmy Page, like, that's like, I don't know. That's why I don't really listen to them as much anymore, but that was like the one band, like you're talking about, like with Slipknot, like I would always keep on going back knowing he, Jimmy Page was super into Aleister Crowley, you know, stuff. And like, I don't know. It's just, and then now I know he was into teenage girls too. So that just kind of makes it a little distasteful, but like the, Led Zeppelin, that was like the one that I just kept on going back to over and over again. And like their t-shirts, their album covers, they have the, you know, the pagan or if some people might say satanic, like symbolism and stuff like it. Yeah, I totally. I mean, yeah. When you look at like these album covers and stuff, I mean, you definitely see the symbolism there. I mean, you know, it's there and it's like. At at some point, I guess you're kind of just turning a blind eye to it. You're just like, okay, but the music's so freaking good. I'm just going to turn it on. And so like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to cross my fingers and hopefully they're not casting spells on me while I jam out of here because <laughs> it's so right? freaking good. Yeah. I mean, I... I just, um, I don't know. It's it's one of my soft spots is music. I don't listen to a ton of music anymore because I'm so heavily invested in podcasts that I, I, I value information more than I do music these days. And so I listen to mm-hmm. a lot of podcasts that I feel like I'm gaining knowledge from, uh, not just paranormal. I, in fact, I listen to more podcasts that aren't paranormal than I do paranormal podcasts. Uh, I really enjoy feeling like I'm gaining knowledge and growing my brain. Um, and so music has taken a back seat. But when mm-hmm. I when I jam out, I'm just like, yo, it's time to go. And I don't care. Let's let's rock with some slipknot. Let's make this happen. You know? So like Yeah. And like that's weird that you mentioned like the paranormal podcast, because I like at the time when I was looking for podcasts to listen to, I was avoiding paranormal podcasts because I didn't want to open up myself up to anything. Cause like I was really into the ghost hunter shows and like scary movies. And I was into all of that. And then after I had like 
that kind of realization, like it just started making me a little bit more weary. And then I listened to a podcast and it had, it was talking about the unspeakable name demon from the Ouija board. Yeah. And that just freaked me out. It's like, no, no paranormal podcast, but I really wanted to listen to like creepy history. And yeah, that like, so I was like, okay, maybe, but I try to avoid that stuff. Like it's, definitely gave me a major change of like mind and heart on some of the stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's always good to be aware of, you know, what you're putting in and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and I know what podcast you're talking about, we'll give her a shout out. Diane student, uh, from history goes bump. That's the podcast that you were talking to talking about that you heard me on. Um, yeah, that's where I found you. Yeah. And, uh, she, she does a good podcast. She's been around for a long time. So if people are looking for a podcast where they, uh, are going to have paranormal, but also educational, her podcast is, is one of the best out there for that. Uh, she, she goes into telling you the history of locations and why it's paranormal. And uh, it's just a, a very interesting podcast that you can pass time, uh, time on and feel like you're being educated and growing your brain, which I'm obviously a very big fan of. So, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, dealing with this stuff in, in life is tricky and uh, everybody has their own formula and how they navigate the waters with it. Uh, the, the, the honest thing is that, you know, you are somebody who admits that the paranormal is real and that these things do happen around us. You've had these experiences and therefore you're faced with a decision as to, or decisions as to how do you go about life? How do you go through life and uh, make decisions accordingly at the, from this point on? Um, and everybody's decisions, like you could, you and I could have the very same, like we could be in the same exact room, have the exact same experience at the exact same time and walk away and, and make decisions in our lives accordingly. Uh, but different decisions, you know what I mean? Like, like everybody has their own ways of handling things. And, you know, for some people, they're going to be like, well, I'm turning off that music then. And some other people are like, well, I don't feel like I need to turn off that music. And, uh, uh, that's just the the beautiful part about life is that we're all individuals yeah. and we can all make our own decisions and uh, navigate the waters how we see fit. That's what that's what makes us unique. And so, um, but mm-hmm. I I do know I do know Tool just dropped that album and uh, I saw that they put their stuff up for streaming earlier in the month and I was like, dang, there's a band. That it was I, tempting. I, oh my god, like that that band was like the band in high school and it was just like, wow. But uh, yeah, so I mean, with your experiences backtracking to what you experienced at the house and stuff, you mentioned about how the boyfriend wouldn't come in the house and uh, you were and he and she had come in and said that, you know, he's saying the house is haunted and you're like, what was that like? Were you like, you know, kind of set back with that as in like, I don't I can't believe that this guy thinks my house is haunted or were you like, oh, my God, like maybe this guy is going to confirm what I've been feeling this whole time? I like it stunned me like in the fact that it was like confirmation because it was like I said, it was like, I was believing what I was seeing and experiencing. But at the same time, like I had that bit of denial and I was like, no, it's mass hysteria. We're all feeding off of each other. But then when this third party dude, I never even met, like I've, I didn't even know she was dating this guy till like 
a week before like she came over to visit me when he said that like that confirmation it was it made it real like it just took away any amount of denial that I had and it was just so weird because we're it's small towns anyway so a lot of people know a lot of people in the surrounding communities so it was just one of those holy crap small world small town things but it that's what made it believable okay I can believe this dude because of the circumstances of where we live and the people and all that stuff but it was just crazy it was just the confirmation just made it too real. Yeah. And where was your mom in all this stuff? I mean, you're having these experiences. Did she ever say that she had experiences or did you even tell her about what you were going through at the time? Well, when I told her, kind of like mentioned something, she's like, what? Whatever. Like, you're not. No, what? I don't believe it. You know, and then when the footsteps stuff started happening, she's like, okay, yeah, I believe at least a little bit of what you're saying. Like, I don't know if she thought we were just like teenagers doing teenager things that make your mind, you know, experiencing stuff differently. I don't know. Um, she just kind of just was blase about it at first. And then after the footsteps, she's like, okay, yeah. But she never outright like said, yep this is what's going on or whatever. And she never had any experiences that I know of except for her hearing the footsteps and she would hear the footsteps often. So it wasn't just like a couple time thing, but beyond that, like she was golden. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, about your husband, so you're married. Do you have any kids by the chance? Yeah, I have uh, a little boy who's about to turn six in a few weeks. Oh, great. Well, happy birthday from the confessionals. Uh, so how, how has these experiences that you went through as a kid, uh, do you think that they shaped and molded you as to how you're going to, um, you know, raise your son, your children? And if they were to have an experience, do you think that, you know, by you going through what you went through is going to push you in a certain direction as to how you handle it for them? Or do you think you're going to try to just have them ignore it and hopefully it goes away or how, how do you think this kind of whole thing shaped you as a parent? Um, well, I kind of feel like I'm going to be real with my kid. Um, but we are a Christian family. And so we try to look at stuff through a biblical lens. So I want to do the best that I can as age appropriate as I can to answer questions or explain anything that happens to him. Um, he's already like asking me questions about Bigfoot and stuff. So I like try to be like, yeah, well, that might be real. That might not be real, but in this case or that case, this is what, you know, the Bible says, or this is what, you know, we believe. And I want, you know, I want to set him up or equip him with some of that knowledge, but I don't want to just outright scare him. Um, so I want to be as age appropriate as possible, I guess. Uh, yeah. It, I haven't really thought about it too much because we haven't had to, go there if that makes any sense sure 
Yeah. I mean, with my son, I mean, he's only a year and a half and he comes in my studio and I have, you know, some Bigfoot stuff hanging around on the walls and, you know, cast and everything. And he points at it and he's like, Bigfoot, you know, he doesn't say it as clear as I do, but, uh, you know, he's trying to say Bigfoot. And so, I, you know, it's, it's a cute thing right now. And he's just, you know, oh, Bigfoot. Cause that's, you know, I, I pointed out to him when he's younger and telling him that that's a Bigfoot. So now he says it, uh, but I'm not going to sit down with him when he's five or six years old and try to explain to him what I think Bigfoot could be because I don't want to scare the kid, you know, because I don't have a favorable outlook at on Bigfoot. I mean, I know, you know, there's people that do and I've had people on the show that have very positive outlooks on them. Uh, I, I'm not one of those people. I don't really have the greatest outlook on them. I don't think all of them are out to bite your head off, but I don't think that their origins are very pure. And so uh, I'm not going to sit down with my son and be like, okay, this Bigfoot thing, it's a monster and it's real and it could kill you. Like, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I think as time goes on, it'll just be one of those things where it's a organic uh, conversation where, you know, as time goes on, he knows what daddy does and he's getting older and he's asking more, you know, age appropriate questions. As you get older, you ask more questions. And I think my, my plan going into it is just to be as very honest with him as possible, but in a way where it's uh, not, you know, he, he doesn't feel like he's sitting through uh, a Spielberg movie or something like that. And he's, you know, getting freaked out it's just this is you know this is reality like truth is son uh monsters are real daddy talks to people who sees sees them and uh i just got to find a way to relay that message to him uh when it's age appropriate yeah and it's like hard because like my son like i said the last few weeks he's been all about bigfoot my brother-in-law like was talking about bigfoot to him and i think it's when they went to the redwoods um I think that's the origin of the Bigfoot discussion. And uh, so I have to, you know, I try to tell him like, well, we don't know if he's real and like have to explain to him like, oh, he doesn't live out here. He lives in the woods. And, you know, it's like really hard because I want to, like you said, like eventually at some point you're going to have to explain that. But at the same time, I don't want him to be like, asking like one question that digs deeper into the next question. And then so far, you know, like I'm traumatizing my child with monsters are real. Yeah. I mean, if it gets to that point where he's asking deeper questions and you don't think it's ready, just be like, Oh look, ice cream, you know, (laughs) I have popsicles. Yeah. Uh, we, we have chips and ice cream and you want French fries or what do you want? And, before yeah. you, before you know it, he'll forget exactly what he's talking about. What was I saying? And you'll be like, "Dang it, I'm I'm you know training my kid to be ADD now." So <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what, Samantha, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and uh, chatting with me. And you know, I think it was a good conversation. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Like I haven't told anybody this. Like I haven't even really told my husband. It's like who experienced it when it happened and that's it. Like I like haven't even talked to my best friend. We talked about it once and that was like back in, I don't know, March or something like that in the last 14, 13 years. And so I appreciate you letting me get it off my shoulder. Oh yeah, for sure. And a a great way to have your husband be totally informed is to play the episode for him when it comes out. So (laughs) I've got him to listen to, to your podcast. So he might just like refresh it and be like, Oh, Oh, what's this? 
I know this person. So, <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you being here. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. That's the best thing you could do to help the show grow is just to share it around with people that you know that you think might enjoy it or just complete strangers. I don't care how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you could do to help the show grow. And just a reminder, we are doing that raffle this Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Instagram. If you want to get involved in that raffle, all you got to do is be a member to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com and go ahead ahead and follow House Wolf Projects on Instagram or Twitter and shoot me a screenshot in the DMs or email showing me that you have followed them and I'll put you in that raffle. And if you want to see what the plaque looks like, go to our Instagram, The Confessionals Podcast, and you see a video on there of me showing you this awesome plaque. And then if you scroll to the left, you'll see a picture of the plaque still. And it is just fantastic. So I'm really excited about giving this away to somebody. And we're going to do it this Friday, 8pm Eastern Standard Time on Instagram Live. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care. And remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. First things first, I'm gonna say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. Oh, ooh, the way that things have been. Oh, Taking my soak into the masses Writing my poems for the few that look at me Took to me, shook at me, feeling me singing from heartache From the pain, taking my message from the veins Speaking my lesson from the brain Seeing the beauty through the... Never did, 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 never did,